It's time for another episode of Squaring Up the Sharp. I'm Max Carroll. I'm joined here by Austin Weinrich, and we have a uh, special guest on right now. He's joined us a few times this year uh, to talk some college football. Michael Vale, he's from The Link. He's going to join us in just a few seconds here, but real quick, we are presented by Link Sports, or we are presented by The Link. Make sure to visit the website, Link Sports, LYNQSports.com, for betting analysis, opinion pieces, uh, everything's free, so make sure to check it out. Uh, like I said, Michael Vale is joining us, and he is the college football, I guess, uh, expert, you want to call it. Um, and uh, he's joined us a couple times, always has great stuff. Uh, he's a great, very in-depth knowledge. Yeah, very knowledgeable. Uh, we have him on to talk about the national championship game. He actually runs a... Uh, they started a second podcast with him and Trent Pruitt, who's the founder of The Link. And uh, we have him here. Michael, are you with us? I am. Uh, how are you guys doing? Max and Austin, doing good today? Doing good. Doing a little back-to-back. Banging them out. <laughs> there you go. It's dedication right there. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I gave him a little quick background about, uh, you know, college football. We've had you on a couple times this year already. Uh, always good stuff when we when we talk to you. Um, why don't you uh, do tell a little... us about the podcast? Yeah, d- give a give a quick, uh, you know, quick intro just about yourself for anybody who hasn't listened. And then uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Uh, sure. Appreciate the appreciate the plug, guys. Uh, so uh, it's, uh, it's called uh, Chicago Plus the Point. Uh it's, uh, it's going to be a podcast, uh, all things Chicago sports, and as well as uh, all things sports betting. Uh, we got the name because, uh, unfortunately, our Chicago teams are usually underdogs, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah. we're always taking uh, taking the points with our teams. So uh, uh, it's uh, hosted by myself and uh, Trent Pruitt, who is the founder of The uh, Link, uh, who you guys are presented by as well. And uh, uh Really, what we're just trying to do is marry uh, our love for Chicago sports and our and our love and uh, fascination with sports betting. And uh, it's good timing because sports betting just got legalized in Illinois. Uh, actually, uh, as of January first, legal. That's not uh, the only thing that got legalized in Illinois, right? Exactly right. Uh, <laughs> uh, marijuana just got legalized as well. And uh, the funny thing is, uh, we actually just talked about that on the last podcast. I was kind of par- uh, doing the parallel between the rollouts of legal marijuana. And, and legal uh, gambling and uh, uh, the weed folks are kicking our ass because uh, sports betting's been really slow rollout and uh, there's already 40 dispensaries dispensaries in Illinois that are uh, uh, providing recreational weed to, to the masses. So they so they were all ready to go and uh, the uh, degenerate gamblers they <laughs> were a little slow to the uh, to the punch. Absolutely. Well, I, I laughed with, with Trent on the that uh, it's funny that uh, you know, people are going to stick with their bookies because uh, the bookies are actually having better customer service right now than the uh, the, the bricks and mortar sports books that are legal now. Now, is it uh, through like casinos? I don't know if casinos are legal in Illinois. Yep. Yeah, so there's uh, there's uh, there's quite a few casinos in Illinois. Um, so uh, casino gambling is legal in Illinois as well. We have uh, two big horse tracks in Illinois. Um, so. Not to get too much of the nitty gritty of the law, but basically they're allowing seven uh, seven licenses uh, out to start, and they're barring the online sports books for uh, uh, 18 months. So they're they're going to allow uh, the existing casinos to get licenses, and they're also going to allow any um, any venue that allows, I believe, more than 
that has more than 15,000 feet. I might be a little wrong on that stat, but uh, essentially like Ripley Field, uh, Guaranteed Rate Stadium, uh, the, the big sports arenas, they're going to allow sports betting there as well. Okay, so when you say online sports books, does that include like FanDuel and DraftKings? You can't go through them yet? That's, exa- that's exactly right. They're trying to keep them out uh, for a little while. They're, they want to give the head start to the brick and mortar, the brick and mortar guys. Um, hmm. And they're, they're also charging a lot more for the online license. The, the license for the brick and mortar guys is a million dollars. They're going to charge the FanDuels of the world $20 million once they allow them in wow. for a sports betting license. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's very wow. interesting. Yeah, that doesn't make us feel good because we've been—I mean, we've been talking about it for a long time. I mean, like New York's the most liberal state, yet the slowest state to legalize a lot of these things. Well, we lost... no, I'll tell you what, Illinois will give you a run, run for their money for the most liberal state. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't make me feel good that they banned. You know, FanDuel and DraftKings sportsbooks are so easy to use, and yeah. it's—it doesn't—I I don't like the sound that. You know they're doing it where you can't use them even though it's legal for 18 months and you have to actually go to a physical location and uh to place bets yeah so i'm curious on the rollout they are they are um they're not necessarily barring barring these these entities from having an online platform but they're barring uh the sports books that only have an online platform so what i'm hoping is uh, you know, we have a, we have several casinos owned by Caesars, for example, in Illinois. Uh, I'm hoping Caesars comes out with you know an app that you can bet on your phone or, or on your computer. Okay. Because um, if they don't, I mean, you guys just said it. It's uh, Illinois has to compete with two things. We have to compete with the states that are near us, because Iowa Indi- and Indiana have legalized sports betting. Uh, we also have to compete with the illegal market. Uh, people aren't going to leave their bookies if you can't bet on your phone. Period. Yeah. No, it's a uh, it's a good point. I think the convenience and like you said, the customer service right now because they've been with them for a long time and uh, it's actually weird to say, but they they probably mm-hmm. have better customer service than these places that are built for it. Well, it's wild because there's just, there's, you know, like you said with the, the state government, it, it, there's, if they let too much bureaucracy get in the way of me placing my bet, uh, I'm going to go elsewhere, you know, uh, just like anybody else. Yeah, like... The um, thing with the... I'm a Jet Devils fan, so sports gambling is legal in New Jersey. So they have a... Uh, You're a Giants well, fan. Well... You said Jet. Uh, Devils. I meant New Jersey Devils. <laughs> Whatever. Um, in the hockey stadium, they have it all... They have William Hill, which is like their big sponsor, actually in there, but you have to go through an online app to do it. They don't have a physical presence. like They don't have a teller there. You have to do it online. Right. right. No, it's, it's, and you know, it's, I wanted to talk to you guys about this too. I've heard there's a, like, uh, I've read articles on, like, your guys' gambling train, the train that goes to, like, New York and goes through New Jersey for just a few stops. Yeah. And oh, yeah. yeah. Gamblers are literally taking the, buying the ticket for the train just so they can place that and then take it right back to New York. It's a $10 train ride. That's it. New Jersey Transit. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, just, uh... I, I just read that. I'm like, that is. And shame on New York because you guys have legal uh, sports betting, but you haven't gotten the online format yet, and you're losing all this revenue to New Jersey for no reason. Uh, New York's yeah. weird because we can have casinos, but we're not allowed to have dealers in the casinos. Makes makes no sense. Oh, you yeah. don't have live table games? 
Not no, much. we're not allowed to have live table games. There's actually, there was one that just opened up pretty close to where we live, and it's all automated. You have to play on a computer. And it's like, what's, oh, that's what's the, you know, what's, I wonder who, you know, came up with this and said, oh yeah, we'll allow them to gamble, but they have to do it on a computer. They can't actually have a dealer. It doesn't, it really doesn't make a lot uh, honestly, of Honestly, we just got the UFC legalized six or seven years ago. It wasn't that long ago. UFC wasn't allowed to be held in New York State. Really? We were the last state to do it. <laughs> So that's uh, it's a little bit. It's a little. You guys said the lot, you know, the lot. The state sponsored lottery forever, and they seem to have no problem with that. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, so you just give you an idea of what we're dealing with over here. But uh, let's uh, let's jump into some college football here, because that's what you know. We want to hear what you have to say about a lot of this stuff, and obviously the the game of games here, uh, the national championship, LSU versus uh, Clemson, and I like you said it's. Before we before we got on here, LSU is kind of uh, the home team, just because of where it's being held. But before we before we get into the game itself, I wanted to get your take on kind of just the bowl games in general. I'm curious if you're okay with how many there are. Uh, essentially, I mean, it takes six wins to get a bowl game, but if you lose a bowl game and you're six and six, you actually end up with a losing record. So I'm curious what you think about that. I know it's all about money, you know, for the most part. Um, but what's your take on that? So you're you're definitely right that it's uh, it's about the money uh, because it's, it's they get so much money, especially from the it's really from the TV games because I mean the majority of these bowls uh, have very poor attendance in person, uh, so it's really the money is in the broadcasting. Uh, are there too many? The answer is yes, but I love them. So you know, I mean, it's like. Uh, I love watching the Idaho Potato Bowl on a random Monday where nothing else is on, you know? Uh, yeah. So the answer is there are too many, uh, but I love college football, and I'm never going to say no to more of it. And the reason I do like it is because there's, there's a lot of schools that are never going to be uh, competing for a national championship, uh, but there's a lot of schools that be competing for, you know, these BCS bowls, uh, you know, the Central Floridas of the world, uh, I hope Purdue one day, uh, that sort of thing where a lot of these bowl games turn out to be like building block years um, where if, if they can uh, take a step forward in a bowl game it, it'll help them with recruiting there next year it'll help with team chemistry for a lot of these uh, lower tier teams that aren't sending pipes to the draft um, and that's why and it's funny you said six wins to get in a bowl game there's actually been some years where there aren't enough qualifying six win teams that will even allow some five win teams in. So yeah. I've even seen some five and seven teams get bowl games. Yeah, I, uh, I just think it's interesting that, you know, and I know you're, you know, you're talking about, you know, I'm curious what the percentages of teams that make a bowl game with six wins. Uh, I'm sure, you know, it's, uh, it's not an overwhelming majority of teams, obviously, but. You know, when you can put yeah. on when you can put on your resume as a college coach that you made a bowl game, but you could essentially make a bowl game and have <laughs> a sub five hundred record. It just seems weird to me, but I get yeah. I get what you're saying. You know, for big college football fans, you can't get enough of it, and you do need something. I mean, the NFL, you know, it's NFL season right now, but you need something to hold you over until the national championship game and the college football playoffs. So, I get I get that well, aspect it makes, of it. Yeah, and the six wins makes a little more sense nowadays because the conferences are so much bigger that you're playing you know I, I complain about some of the 
cupcake games they play early in the season, but they used to have so many more cupcake games because the, the conference is one as big. And now, you know, the Big Ten, the big, none of the states make sense. The Big Ten has 14 teams. You know, the Pac-12 doesn't have 12 teams. The SEC's got a million teams. Uh, so your, your strength of schedule is, at least in conference, is better than it used to be. And uh, you're not seeing a... You're not seeing a ton of six-win uh, mid-major teams that don't belong. You know what I mean? You're in general, the, there's a lot more pay, there's there's more parity than there used to be uh, in college football. At least at the I'll call it the mid-tier level. You know, the, we talked about the high parity between the you know the absolute worst teams and the absolute best teams, but it's kind of like a bell curve. You know, 80 percent is in that bell curve, and they're they're closer than you think you know there's there's some six and six teams that would be favored in vegas over some 10 win teams so yeah no it's it's a good point i know austin's a big michigan state fan i think they were one of those teams they were six and six went to the pinstripe bowl and actually won it pinstripe and they won it and they won they beat the third best ACC team which was amazing yeah i mean it, it shows you how good the big 10 was this year yeah um Let's uh, let's jump into these uh, these college football playoff games. The the LSU um, domination, honestly. Yeah, that's the only way to put it. It's really <laughs> all you can say about it. Uh, they they beat up on Oklahoma and uh, Clemson. Clemson beats Ohio State. But let's talk about the LSU game first. Uh, you know, what do you think about Joe Burrow? I'm curious. Was he was he somebody that you you know being a college football guy? Was he somebody that you were looking at before this year? So, in fact, uh, I think I told you guys last time, so my pick to win it all before the season was LSU um, at 25-1. to 1. And in my article, I predicted that Burrow would actually be the backup because he was a transfer from Ohio State. I mean, he, he, he moved to LSU because uh, uh, he, he couldn't beat out Justin Fields. Um, so, and I, I'm not a huge fan of Justin Fields, so I, I just didn't think he'd be uh, – uh, is good and, and you know Burrow played a little bit last year and he was he was good but I mean this is he was not anywhere close to Heisman so uh, I don't think anybody could predict this uh, you guys put this in the notes I mean he was 200 to 1 to win the Heisman he wasn't even favored to get the starting job so uh, uh, it's, it's been such a cool story uh, and uh, he's just he's just fun to watch man holy cow was it surprising at all the outcome I mean I kind of figured... Oh, this one, oh, against Oklahoma? Yeah. So, I, look, I don't think anybody would have predicted seven touchdowns in the first half. <laughs> it's, uh, that's a, that is a full game, full record <laughs> that he beat in the first half. Yeah, it's insane. It's also a first half record just for Grinch, but uh, that's awesome, obviously. But, yeah. Uh, I, I honestly thought, I wasn't surprised that they killed him. Let me put it that way. I, 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 uh... I, on the website, I picked uh, LSU to cover the 14-point spread, and it wasn't necessarily a LSU bet. It was more of an anti-Oklahoma, anti-Big 12 bet, and uh, I, uh, I, I, I'm very anti-Big 12. I think I think they're they get way too much respect as a conference, and uh, they they keep coming to the college football playoff and keep getting killed. Um, I don't I don't uh, I don't know how they're getting as much respect. I mean, even as casual fans, Max and I make fun of the Big 12 because we see the scores. I mean, we we on the last podcast, we were talking about a bowl game I played in in college where it was 70 to 68, but I feel like that's weekly in the Big 12. Uh, 
it, you're you're 100 right. And uh, I mean, look, it's, it's it's why for a long time uh, the NFL draft downgraded these Big 12 quarterbacks. I mean, they all owe a debt of gratitude to Patrick Mahomes because uh, everybody knew he was great, but but everybody discounted it because he was at Texas Tech doing an air raid offense against the weakest defenses in college football. So, uh, uh, and if you look around, I mean, I'm not sure Baker's going to pan out. Uh, uh, you, know, uh, you know, there's just been so many Texas quarterbacks that have come out that haven't panned out. Uh, Oklahoma's produced a bunch. Mason and Rudolph looks like a bust. Uh, they, don't, they don't measure up. Yeah, there's you. Can, I mean, you could go down the list. I mean, Austin just said Mason Rudolph. I mean, you can go all the way back to you know Vince Young and um, you Cole know just Cole, yeah Cole <laughs> McCoy. I mean, yeah, it's just it's a long it's a much longer list of quarterbacks that did not pan out that came from the Big hey, Twelve. Colt's still in the league. No one. <laughs> I love Colt McCoy. <laughs> That's uh, that is true. Hey, look, so. man, he's a fun he's fun to watch, but he's not uh, he's not bringing <laughs> you the promised land. Yeah, and you mentioned the uh, the 201 to win the Heisman. I actually, uh, I actually didn't know that that wasn't true. And then I <laughs> I looked into it, and some some apparently somebody on Twitter, you know, tweeted it out. I don't know why you would make that up, but um, yeah, I know I know this is said in a political context usually, but Twitter is not real life. Stuff, so a lot of people forget that. <laughs> I actually I didn't uh, even know I, I I heard it from a third party. I didn't even know that that was the case until I looked it up, and then I'm like, oh, yeah. why did anybody believe this person anyway? And I, I'm like, oh, I should have probably I'm looked pretty, into. I'm pretty it. I'm pretty sure I saw it on Bleacher Report. Like honestly, like everybody picked it up. Nobody nobody <laughs> verified it for like a week. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think I saw it on. Uh, I think I saw it on. Because I mean, look, there's not that many sports books that even offered that even offered him as an option. You know, yeah, two hundred to one. A lot of the Vegas books didn't even have him. Yeah, two hundred. I mean, why would you? You know, I mean, exactly. uh, You know, and uh, you know, LSU I mean, was. LSU was a pretty pretty high ranked team coming in, but like you said, I mean, was he even going to be the starter? I mean, that's he was not favored to be the starter. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, yeah. so it's, and even if he got the job, I mean, LSU has never had a they have not had a great quarterback uh, you know, crap since uh, uh, Jamarcus Russell. I mean, you got to go back that far. Yeah, and that's uh, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, how about this how about this Clemson game because. My takeaway from it, you know, OSU obviously jumped out to the uh, the two touchdown lead, and I like I you know I I was I messaged you you know we talked for a minute after this game and I thought OSU was just gonna run all over them you know with their speed and you know their ability to just to to offensively just do kind of whatever they want with J.K. Dobbins and Justin Fields and all that. Um, when they jumped out to a 14-point lead, I'm like, all right, here it comes. And then Clemson just, yeah. you know, at that point, I mean, Clemson just stalemated them on offense and, uh, you know, did enough to win the game. And to me, it was just basically Dabo Sweeney outcoaching uh, day, you know? Uh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, Clemson, you know, they were able to hold on to that game and uh, you alluded to it. I was I was lucky to cover. Um, I I think I think Clemson just beat the best team in the country. I really do because uh, that Ohio State team. First of all, uh, AK Dobbins might be the 
he won't be the number one draft pick, but he, he might be the best player in the country. I, I was stunned how well he ran it on Clemson. Stunned. Yeah, the um, I mean the the other thing coming out of that game, I, yeah, I mean J.K. Dobbins, he started off on fire. I think he had like 80 rushing yards in the first quarter, or something like that. Yeah. And obviously, you know, Clemson was able to make adjustments, and you give credit to the coaching staff. That's why I think coaching in the NFL or NFL and football in general is is I think it's the most important in in any sport. But um, yeah. you know, Tre- what do you think about Trevor Lawrence? I know. You know, coming into this year, he he was probably your top quarterback, I would think. Yeah, he was. He he would have been up there. There were just, like you mean draft pick wise or just college wise. It sounds like he's going to be the number one pick in twenty twenty one. Honestly. Yeah, because Mel Mel Kiper actually had Justin Herbert from Oregon as his number one, uh, his number one prospect. But I don't think anybody really thought that uh, he was going to get drafted higher than. Uh, than Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, so Trevor, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, he's not eligible this year. Um, but Which is insane. He might have, he could have possibly have two national championships and not be eligible to, to yeah. be drafted. <laughs> but is, is, is it's, it's funny because I, I, I think I thought, I thought he was eligible this year, right? I gotta look that up. No, no, he has to play one more year. He started off the year kind of in a rough way. Um, but but I know you you put a note here since October. He's been on fire. Uh, 22 touchdowns and zero interceptions. So, I mean, he's, you know, obviously you look at you look at the way, you know, Clemson is, you know, their schedule and, you know, say what you want about it. But, I mean, he's he's obviously performed against the best of the best. He's been in the college football playoff. He's won a national championship. Uh, so I think you can kind of throw that out the window a little bit. Agreed. And, I mean, he single-handedly won that game for Clemson. I mean, he just willed it uh, against Ohio State. Even with, uh, I mean, he's not even uh, he's not even considered a running threat usually. And, I mean, he... he he was getting out of the pocket. He ran for a, touch, uh, a long touchdown. He was uh, avoid, avoiding sacks and throwing and dumping the ball off. I mean, I give give Dabble credit. Uh, he deserves a lot of it. But uh, Trevor Lawrence failed to clutch it out. I was surprised. I have to say, I think it's still the best team in the country, and I can somehow beat him. I was surprised that uh, I didn't think he was that fast, but he looked like he was <laughs> running for his life. On that, uh, what was it like, seventy-five yard touchdown run he had, or sixty? No, here's the thing. I don't even, I don't even think he's that fast. Like, we'll see what he does with the 40, 40 yard dash. But uh, I just think he wanted it more. I really, and I, and I honestly think the the DBs of Ohio State just underestimated him a little bit. 
you know, they see this tall, lanky white guy running at them, they don't think they're going to outrun him. Well, he, he fucking did. So. Yeah. yeah, well, he's, uh, uh, you know, I, I, at the start of the year, I was thinking, all right, I mean, maybe he's, you know, taking a step back, but then he just caught fire, and obviously where they are now, uh, it goes without saying that, um, you know, he's he's going to be far and away. I mean, he could he could sit out his junior year, and he'd probably still be the number one pick in the draft, to be honest. <laughs> so, uh, oh, easily. Yeah. I don't I don't think he will, but uh, hmm. maybe it's this. that I just hope he does it. But I don't think he will, man. I, <laughs> he has a ton of fun. Uh, Clemson's bringing in the number one recruiting class next year. They're going to have a great offensive line, so his, you know, his risk to injury shouldn't be crazy. And I don't know, man. What are you gonna, wouldn't you be bored for a year? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I just, let's say he even gets hurt next year. People are somebody's going to draft him. I mean, look at Tua. Tua's going to be a, a first-round draft pick, and, and, and nobody knows how bad his injury is. Yeah. No, honestly, do you think the XFL – if I was Vince McMahon, I would offer him two hundred million dollars. <laughs> now, here's the thing: McMahon's crazy to crazy enough to do that. But I mean, shit, I would think the XFL is way more dangerous than trying to play in college for a year, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. You know, yeah. I don't know if they've come out. I'm sure they've come out with the rules. For, uh, they're for starting that. to leak out. Uh, yeah. Andrew Luck's dad was had a press conference the other day. Andrew Luck's dad. Oh really? Yeah, he's uh he runs the league. Oh, I didn't even know that. Okay. <laughs> he's like um, the commissioner of the league. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, uh, I didn't know that either. I'm not gonna watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you talked about it real quick just there. The uh, recruiting class for Clemson, number one, coming into uh, 2020. Um, kind of a good segue into uh, this. You know, I'm curious what you think about this as far as top college coaches. Is is it a discussion? Is it still a discussion, Dabo versus Saban, or are you kind of sold now that Sweeney is the Dabo Sweeney is the uh, the best coach in college football? No, you know it's funny because uh, I don't think anybody's gonna. Most people are gonna tell you uh, our Saban. I mean, he's clearly the most. This is gonna be kind of the argument between uh, 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 the NFL example would be like Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Like, who's the most accomplished? versus who's the better quarterback, right? Yeah. And a lot of people in the NFL argue that Rodgers is not more accomplished, but is the better overall quarterback. Um, I have been, like, I don't like Saban, so I have a bias here, to be honest with you. Um, but I do, I think, I think that was a better coach. I really do. Keep in mind, guys, he has not had a top of three class yet. And he's beaten Saban twice now. Yeah, it's, um... You know... Uh, I think that's you know obviously I mean Saban has beat him. Um, what is uh is Sweeney he's two and one against him. I believe so. Yeah. So, uh, I mean when you look at I have his record since 2012, he's actually 14 and 15 against the SEC, which is everyone considers the best conference. So even though he plays in the ACC, he's still dominating the SEC. No, and he still gets he still gets. Uh a lack of respect. I mean, think about this, guys. They are now two years worth of games undefeated, and they were the three seed going into this thing. Yeah, no, you know it's I mean? A, yeah, I it's mean, it's they, it, it, he somehow playing with a chip on his shoulder. I mean, I, I got this. I wrote the stats and notes, guys, but he's been in eleven bowl games. He's been an underdog in nine of them. 
and he's <laughs> nine and two straight up and ten and ten and one against the spread. Yeah, that's uh, those are some telling numbers. I think that kind of goes to you know he's how like the, he's like the Mike Zimmer of college football. He, mm-hmm. He's an elite coach that, for whatever reason, still gets disrespected by the Vegas odds. Yeah, and I think, uh, to be honest, I think a, a good amount of that has to do with uh, the the ACC conference and just how bad it is, really, at football. Yeah, so I, I think that has a lot to do with it, and it it's kind of worked in his favor, I think, because he gets to walk around and say, "Hey, we're not respected. You know, we have a chip on our shoulder. Let's use that." When at the end of the day, his team might actually be better. So he might have the better team, and he gets to walk around and say, we're the underdog, nobody believes in us. So he's almost got two, two things working for him there, That's especially with this number one recruiting class coming in. you got to think that that's going to change actually, at this point. I, I wrote almost that exact thing in my, in my article uh, on the uh, Ohio State game. Uh, even though they were favored on the Vegas side, I mean, they, were, uh, they, they thought they should have been the one seed going to the playoffs. They're the defending national champions, undefeated, haven't lost in like two and a half years. And uh, by the way, and their loss in two and a half years was only by one point. So it, it's uh, they. It's one of the. This is one of the more underrated, great streaks in sports, uh, certainly in college football history. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, it's kind of been it's kind of been fun to watch. I mean, obviously having another team in there besides Alabama, it's just been Clemson and Alabama the last few years, and. Uh, it's nice to have an, uh, another team in there to see how this goes. Obviously, Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban know each other so well. Uh, what do you think about Ed Ogeron? What do you think about him? <laughs> uh, Ed, Ed Ogeron, if you could match a person, a coach with a school, I don't think you could get more perfect <laughs> than Ed Ogeron at LSU. Well, he's... Uh, if you were, if, if you were creating, like if the NCAA game was still around, if you were creating your imaginary coach, you would have you would have made this good old boy from Cajun country that says go Cajuns every day. <laughs> like, yeah, that is that is Ed Orgeron. He's the perfect match for that school. I mean, I think I only get every third word he says, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people. He doesn't have apologize lo- for it either. He's told <laughs> uh, a lot of media members he wouldn't trade his Cajun accent for uh, for a more uh, no- more normal one. I think a lot of people have looked at him and, you know, they kind of see an old school guy, but when you look at what he's done, he's brought in, you know, everyone's talking about Joe Brady. Everyone's talking about him instead of the actual offensive coordinator. Um, and and it's kind of sad. The only reason that, you know, he was really talking about him last week is because of the tragedy that happened with the uh, the small plane crash and his uh, daughter, his uh, daughter-in-law that, that, that died in the crash. Uh, yeah. And then it's right back to Joe Brady. I'm seeing articles about how he's the, the hottest, you know, thing and and all this stuff. And um, so he's kind of taken his his coaching staff and modernized it to the point where he he might be an old school guy, but he doesn't run an old school program, you know. No, that's exactly right. And uh, coordinators are always underappreciated in, in college football. Um, in fact. Uh, one of the great handicapping angles uh, in the first couple weeks of, a, of the college football season is paying attention to where where these offensive coordinators and defensive where all these coordinators switch schools because it happens more than you think. And uh, to your point, Matt, uh, they kind of 
Moore's not figured out, look, he's never going to be the best X's and O's guy, but he can hire great X's and O's guys. And what, what Orgeron does better than anybody else in college football is his, I, his teams play so hard for him. He gets these guys ready to run through a brick wall every goddamn game. He's just such a good motivator, clearly a great recruiter, and now he's hired great coordinators to do the X's and O's for him. And, and I'll tell you what, the formula works. Because look, Burrow, he, he, he's with, he might win the national championship with a with a backup, with, 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 with what used to be a backup quarterback transfer. Never been done. Yeah, I think it's interesting, uh, kind of what, along the lines of what you were just saying. I don't think that, you know, let's, if Ed Ogeron didn't get the job uh, as the full-time coach there, I honestly don't think a lot of teams are lining up to hire him as their head coach. So I think he he fell into a perfect position at LSU. Who took? Who, to be honest, you could say they took a chance on him, and and it's paying off in uh, in, in a big way right now. Because look, when he left Ole Miss, I, I didn't know if he'd get another starting job again. Uh, he, he's just he's very likable, so I think a lot of guys are early on were a lot of fools willing to give him chances, and clearly he's perfect for the SEC. Um, but he had a hard time having sustained success as a head coach. Uh, and you know, revisionist history, uh, people forget like he was not the most popular hire uh, when he first came to LSU because uh, he hadn't had a great. He hadn't had great success in the SEC before, so uh, and it was uh, they took a chance on him, and I'll be darned. I mean, it, it, it took a, it took a minute to get there, but I'm just I'm really happy for him. He, he seems like such a great guy. He's hella as a fan. He just could be more fun to watch, and his teams play with so much heart. And it's really cool to see. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to see the coaching matchup in this one. Um, I think it's I think it's going to be uh, interesting. So who would you give the edge to in the coaching department? I definitely give it to Dabble, but it's not it's not a knock on uh, on Orgeron. It's just I think, in my opinion, Dabble's the best coach in college football right now. Uh, and underrated, Dabble's Dabble's done a very good job at paying his coordinators very well. So he actually might have the best coordinators in college football too. Um, this team is. His, 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 uh, I just think when it comes down to it, he's got, he's just got the scheme. And, he, and obviously, we've seen in the past, he's really good as an underdog, especially when he might, he might even have the better team. Who knows? Were there any, uh, were there any other players you wanted to touch on in this one? I know there are some, some pretty high level NFL prospects. Uh, you know, you think of T. Higgins for Clemson, the wide receiver. He might be a first round pick. A couple uh, of receivers yeah. for LSU. Yeah, there's a lot of skill position players, uh, cornerbacks. I know Clemson has uh, some pretty top-level cornerbacks. LSU, I think, has some younger guys that they're not draft eligible, but they, you know, they have a. a I think it's a true freshman that might be the best corner yeah. on the team at this point. Uh, was there anybody that you wanted yeah, to touch L- on? LSU, LSU's going to have an elite defense in a few years. Uh, to your point, a lot of their talent is underclassmen. Uh, and once they mature a little bit and they get a couple more top recruiting classes in that Orgeron's been great at getting in, they're going to be elite. They're not quite elite. They're not only defense this year, but they're getting up there. Um, as far as uh, the Clemson wide receivers are good, 
but I'll tell you what, man. I don't know if you guys watched a little bit of that uh, that Michigan Alabama game. I think Alabama has three, three, two, at least two, maybe three wide receivers that are better than anybody on Clemson or LSU. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, Joanne Judy is unbelievable. Yeah, they're talking him. It might be a top five pick. Someone might actually move up to grab him. That's well, how uh, you know dominant he is. They had a. I think it was the third or fourth string wide receiver that went off in that game and had four touchdowns and he wasn't even he couldn't even get on the field for half the season or something like that because he couldn't figure <laughs> out the playbook and he's torching this LSU defense it was uh, so yes Alabama has like three or four guys that might be you know first round picks first round picks yeah. no so it's uh, a great point and uh, so I'm not I'm not too I'm not excited if I was getting a first round draft pick which I'm not because I'm a fucking Bears fan <laughs> I would the only wide receiver I would consider taking is one of those top two Alabama guys because I hate in general first round wide receivers are usually bust and if, even if they're not bust they're they're not worth it in the first round uh, Judy might be Judy and, uh, and some of those Alabama guys might be the exception uh, and in this this particular game really what I'm looking at is this will be the best defense Burroughs played against, and I'm curious to see how he does with a lot of a lot of pressure. Um, you know, the the best pass rush he, he played all season was Auburn, and uh, they only they only beat Auburn, uh, I believe it was uh, 20, 23 to twenty one. So they didn't exactly blow Auburn out. Keep in mind, he was home for that game. Yeah, so that kind of uh, you know we've talked a lot about we've thrown a lot of information out there. So, uh, you know, let's get down to it. What, you know, you mentioned they, the LSU versus top 10. Uh, they beat Auburn by three at home. It, you know, you listed, they beat Bama by five in the uh, the uh, SEC championship game. Or not not the SEC championship game. Uh, it was basically uh, the SEC yeah, championship game. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so, so who are you leaning towards in this one? I think the spread right now is five and a half. Uh, LSU yeah, is favorite. five and a half and six is, um, I think... I think by game day, it's going to stay at six and might move to six and a half. I, I People are going to be betting LSU uh, on game day. That's my opinion. So are you going with them too? No, no. I, I love it. I love Clemson in this game, plus, plus six points. Uh, I, I'm not confident enough that, to bet them on the money line, although I, I, I would sprinkle a little bit on the money line. But uh, I mean, we already went through Dabo's ATS records as a as, – as an underdog and during the bowl games they're, they're fantastic uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw this but the, you know a lot of these Vegas books put out look ahead lines so before the semifinal games it was a pick this matchup was a pick and they and you're telling me you're now going to upgrade LSU six points off of beating up a bad big, uh, a bad big 12 defense huh. I don't know man it seems like too much too, it seems like an overreaction to me I, I really like Clemson in this spot I, I would not be surprised if they won straight up I kind of hope I'm wrong because I would love to see Orgeron win this game and be fun to it'd just be such a good story. But I don't think LSU is significantly better at enough positions to cover this big of a number against a really good Clemson team. And like you guys said earlier, it, 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 it's a undefeated Clemson team, defending national champ, and they have a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, um, well, that's kind of where we got the name from our podcast from the squares all saw the seven touchdowns and they're gonna throw thousands of dollars on lsu they're like oh how can they lose this 
scoring seven touchdowns in the first half. But like you said, I'm I'm leaning Clemson too. Seventy three percent of the bets are on LSU right now. Seventy three. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 crazy to me. I mean, I I actually agree with you. I th- I thought Ohio State was the best team, and you know the first couple minutes of that game, I was thinking, all right, you know, Ohio State's gonna just do to uh, to this to this great Clemson defense what LSU just did to a terrible Oklahoma or not terrible, but you know, uh, inferior Oklahoma defense. So it's gonna be that much more impressive. And then for Clemson to turn around and do it, I mean, I, I'm kind of in in your corner where I thought OSU uh, Ohio State was the uh, the team to beat in this college football playoff, and you know they they handled them. So you, I, I'm surprised at the line too. I like Clemson as well. I'm not sure Austin. Yeah, I I like Clemson a lot too. I know it benefits us to disagree, but I don't see. I would actually probably lean Clemson money line. I uh, so right now they're plus one ninety. Uh, on the money line, and that, like I said, I would I put the pick that on the on the on the spread, um, but yeah, I'd definitely sprinkle it on the money line because I, I actually think Clemson might be the better team. They're certainly, in my opinion, that they're about equal. Clemson might be slightly better, and you're giving me six points. Uh, I know it's in that. I know I know it's in Louisiana, in New Orleans, and they're going to have a better home crowd. But I don't know. Clemson, South Carolina is not that far away. Those fans are crazy. They're going to go down for that game. So I don't. I think the home field advantage is overblown. And again, guys, this is a national champion <laughs> undefeated. Getting six points. I mean, could you predict that before the season? I, I, I would have thought I couldn't have picked a team that would get that many points this offseason. I think. I think honestly, if anything, this whole. You know, being in Louisiana, it's just another thing for Clemson to use as motivation. And if anybody's going to frame it, you know, in in a way that's going to help the team, it's going to be Dabo Sweeney because. He just continues to to show that that's something that he can do. He can get these guys to play uh, against anybody. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think we're we're all going to be on Clemson here. Um, Austin, there you go. Austin. It's, uh, it's funny you say that because uh, so I already I won a bet against Trent. Uh, he he had, he had uh, the Patriots minus the points uh, last week, and I I really like the Titans, so he owed me a bottle of whiskey on that <laughs> game. And, we just did double or nothing on this game. He's on oh, LSU. Nice. Right, I wish I wish I made that bet because I would have won. I would have won a bottle of whiskey this week. I think I commented on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's all you man. It's, it's uh, you can. You, I've, I've lost a lot of money over the years betting against New England. Uh, I was finally I finally picked the right time, but it's easy when you you do it every year. So. <laughs> all right. Well, I feel good agreeing with you with Clemson because you obviously know what you're talking about. Um, we got a we got a little bit more time left. Why don't we uh, get your predictions for the NFL divisional round this weekend? Um, it turns out that Austin and I actually agree on the first three games: Minnesota. Really? These are all with the spreads: Minnesota, Baltimore, and KC. And then we actually disagree on the Seattle Green Bay. Some big spreads this week. So why don't you give us uh, what you think for the? We'll, we'll run through them uh, a couple minutes. What do you think about? Uh, Minnesota, San Francisco. Right now, San Francisco is a touchdown favorite. So, uh, and you said it. I usually this week you'll get one big spread. I've never seen four spreads this big ever. It's wild in a, in a conference semifinal week. It's wild. It turns. It turns it's out wild. you know it's uh, it's funny. The, the spreads are huge in 
where me and Austin actually agree on two two favorites with the uh, the largest spreads of the weekend. So, but are you uh, gotcha. are you on Minnesota? Are you are you joining the uh, jumping on the Minnesota bandwagon? So, I I lean Minnesota. Uh, I actually like the total. I like under the total. Uh, I'm seeing forty four and a half right now. Okay. Um, but, but I'll tell you what. I I think on game day this could push push to seven and a half. And if I get the hook, I love Minnesota. Um, at seven, I'm, I kind of lean. I, I think you need that hook because I, I could see touchdown being uh, being around the final score. But uh, uh, here's one stat for you guys. Uh, uh, a road team off a road game being a touchdown or more in the playoffs in NFL. There's been 11 situations like that. Uh, underdogs 10 and 1 against the spread in that situation. Oh, there and there's go. two games like that this week. Minnesota is one of them, and then Tennessee against Baltimore is the other. Well, I'll lock in Minnesota then. I, <laughs> I, I agree. I like having that extra half point. Um, well, anytime yeah. you get a half. Yeah, it makes you feel a little <laughs> bit more comfortable, obviously. One thing you got to look out for, uh, I, I heard Adam Thielen went down in practice yesterday, and I've been looking out. I can't find a report on what his his status is, and I think he's huge. Uh, uh, I think he was questionable. Uh, yeah, game. probable. I'm seeing questionable on Twitter, and Odd Shark has him as probable. Okay. It seems if to be a cut. He's 100%. I think that's a, a, big, uh, a big boost for Kirk. I think Kirk get too too much of a bad rap um and like like you guys said every square in the world hates kirk cousins <laughs> and for some, some some for good reason but this, this guy is an above average quarterback and you're giving him seven points on the road to the best to the best against the spread uh, coach in the country uh, not the country sorry in the nfl zimmer, zimmer hit 64 percent against the spread just regular season total um he's 71 percent out of division against the spread yeah, he's amazing against the numbers. I have a stat here: when Thielen and Dalvin Cook play, the Vikings average twenty-seven point nine points per game in the ten games they've played together all season. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, I couldn't. I couldn't take San Francisco minus the number here. I'm getting the better coach at Minnesota. I'm getting. I'm getting a. Uh, San Francisco probably uh, probably has a better defense, but Minnesota is certainly comparable. Um, and they're both, keep in mind, they're both huge power running teams. So that clock's going to be turning, guys. So in order to cover a big spread, you need to air the ball out a little bit. I just don't see how that how that's going to go this game. I think, you know, it's, it's Garoppolo's first uh, playoff game. I think they're going to play conservative and pound the rock because, first of all, they're good at running the ball. And second, uh, they're going to be nervous that Garoppolo, they don't want him to make too many mistakes early in, in his very first playoff game. Yeah, that was my, that was so, my rationale. That, that was my rationale as well. Uh, the the game flow caters to to a close game. Both te- what both teams want to do. Um, you know, you you can actually run on both these defenses. So I think that just emphasizes it even more for them. And, and that's why the you know you said forty four and a half was the over under. The under might be a good play uh, because of that. The clock's going to be running the the entire game pretty much. Um, exactly. So I really like the under, and if I get the hook, I love, I love Minnesota as well. But just lean if it's just point seven. How about Baltimore, Tennessee? Right now, uh, Baltimore is a ten point, uh, even ten point favorite. So uh, Tennessee plus nine and a half is my favorite bet of the weekend. Love Tennessee here. Okay. 
it's a little different than than uh, what we were thinking. But you have a you have a reason why? Well, uh, first first of all, we're we're not sure we're not sure if if uh, how good uh, Lamar Jackson can be in the playoffs because obviously I know it's a one game sample size, but his first one was pretty rough. Um, and I, I think when you're betting score against Tennessee, it's, it's simple. It's, it's simply can they are they going to be able to run the ball or not? And I think they're going to be able to run the ball on on Baltimore. They're they're bottom twelve in rush defense in the NFL. They're not they're not great against the run. And you know they're they're from the NFC North. It's not like the NFC North you know has a bunch of big rushing teams. You know what I mean? It's it's it was pretty weak this year. All right, so you're on Tennessee plus nine and a half. Uh, so I mean, if they yeah. if they were plus ten, even better. So we'll give you that half point just to match it up with what we have here because we have a ten point spread. Um, yeah, it opened it opened at ten. So when you guys recorded, it might have been. Although you just recorded today, it depends on the book. Um, yeah. Just seeing nine and a half. That's. Uh, I think William Hill has it at nine and a half right now. Okay. Um, what about uh, KC? KC's at nine and a half, uh, according to what we looked at. Over, uh, who are they playing? They're playing the <laughs> Houston Texans. Houston Texans. There you go. <laughs> been talking, yeah, so, been, been uh, recording for a while, so I'm I, losing. <laughs> so, so my rule of thumb for betting underdogs is, I gotta see a scenario where they could win straight up. You know what I mean? Because like, I wouldn't be that surprised if Tennessee was able to pull out a win in Baltimore. I'd be shocked, and I'd be shocked if Houston could pull out a win in Kansas City. I don't see it happening. Nine and a half is a lot of points, um, but, but I would take it. I, I don't love it as much as the other two games, but uh, you couldn't you couldn't convince me to take Houston at anything anything below two touchdowns. So you're on KC at nine and a half. I just think yeah. I just think looking at the coaching matchup, <laughs> to be honest, I mean, I'm I'm. I know Andy Reid struggles in the playoffs. He's only ten and nine, but. Bill O'Brien yeah, is you ever, awful. You ever, seen, you ever seen his numbers off the bye? He doesn't lose off the bye. Yeah. I think but, uh, record. Uh, last time I checked, it was it was almost sixty percent off the bye against the spread. But I have to pull that one back up. Yeah, I think um, honestly, just the fact that Bill O'Brien is the coach of the Texans <laughs> makes me. You know, not want to take them, and that's why you know me and Austin were on the Bills. We had we had about three points. We ended up pushing, but uh, the Bills should have easily. Yeah. The Bills should have won that game, and oh, and it was that was the worst coach game on both sides of the ball that I've <laughs> yeah. seen in a long time, especially for a playoff game. I mean, I would rather have Mark Trestman as a coach than Bill O'Brien, and well, he he <laughs> he only won that game because Deshaun Watson was a superhero. Well, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that was that's been the the storyline you know he's kind of riding his coattails a little bit and uh despite his his poor coaching Deshaun Watson's able to pull him out of the fire time after time so I you know it's just a matter I don't think the Chiefs are the team that that's going to allow them to do that you know their pass rush has been better they they can get after the quarterback their defense has been playing well Uh, I just don't see a scenario where yeah and you you just said it uh people aren't talking about it enough how well the Kansas City defense has been playing the last few weeks. You know, the last game of the season, they gave up 21 points to the Chargers. The week before that, they gave up three points to the Bears. The week before that, they gave up three to Denver. The week before that, they held New England to 16 points. And then the week before that, they held Oakland to nine points. I mean, yeah. that defense the second half of the season has really stepped up. They haven't given, no, given up over 30 points uh, since they played Tennessee, Tennessee on the road, funny enough. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think Casey is definitely the the better play here. I just, uh, you know, I, I'm not sold on actually putting money on this game, but uh, if I was, I could not, like you said, under two touchdowns, I can't put money on uh, on Houston here because you just don't know you don't know what you're gonna get. You the only thing that you know yeah. you get is a is bad coaching basically <laughs> from Bill O'Brien. That's challenging a pass interference call in the first quarter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This couldn't be a bigger coaching mismatch. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and by the way, the public—you would think the public would be all on Kansas City. The, the tickets are split. There's only 51 percent of the tickets on Kansas City right now, so a good amount of the public is taking the dog, which is surprising. Yeah, that, that's that's a little surprising. Uh, I think they're looking at the historical record because I have the historical numbers for the past couple seasons, the divisional round. Favorites are 27, 36, and one. They're only 42.9 percent against the spread. No, that's a, that's a great, a great point. I mean, you're you're never gonna make a living taking big favorites in the NFL. You're just not. Yeah, and this is uh, for a playoff game, especially. Uh, I think that if if you are gonna take a big spread in a playoff game, this is probably one of the best situations that you're gonna get. Uh, so I'll, I'll take. Uh, I'm with you with KC as is Austin. How about this last game here, Seattle Green Bay? This one's interesting. Uh, Austin and I are split. What, what's your feeling on it? Yeah, I was really bummed because I wanted to bet against both of these teams. Uh, so I wanted to match when they matched up against each other. Um, that being said, I think, I think, I hate to say this, Green Bay is my pick. Um, I like them minus four and a half. Uh, just in general, Green Bay, Green Bay gets around four points for home field advantage. They get one of the best home field advantages in the NFL. So, you know, this spread is saying that, you know, Green Bay is only a half point better than Seattle, and I... I think they're quite quite a lot better. Uh, that Seattle defense is being held up by duct tape right now, and uh, I think Rodgers is just going to go go off. I really do. All right, so you're with Austin then because uh, he's on Green Bay. Uh, kind of, I know, I know he was making the same type of points. Listen, I, I don't love Green Bay as a team, but Seattle is – I haven't seen anything from them for the past couple weeks, to be honest. No, I mean, I, I, and I, I agree that Green Bay's not big. I, and again, I'm just a bitter Bears fan here, but I think they're the worst 13 win team I've ever seen. I agree. I <laughs> do. They, they, they almost lost to Detroit in a game they had to have at home. I, it, it was, I, uh, just, uh, they're, they're a weird team. They're a weird team, and they're very weird. Team. They, they, you could tell that they kind of tried to change the way that they do things. They run the football. Or they want to run the football. I, I mean, I can't even remember a season where Rodgers had multiple games under 200 yards, and I think he had a handful of them this year uh, because yeah. because they just want to run the football and rely on that defense. And to be honest, I think, again, to me, in these playoff games, it comes down a lot to the quarterback and the coaching matchup. Russell Wilson is a, you know, Aaron, obviously this is a great quarterback matchup, but uh, Pete Carroll, I think, I think he he's a little underrated as a coach, and uh, I think Matt Lafleur has shown that he has trouble making uh, uh, adjustments in the second half. Uh, this season, Green Bay has been a pretty poor second half team, and um, you know so that's that's kind of what I'm leaning on. And these two teams have played close games all year long, so uh, four and a half. If it was two and a half, maybe I'd lean Green Bay, but I, you know I think I actually think. You know, like you said about Tennessee being your favorite bet, I actually think Seattle is is one of mine. Um, really? Okay. So yeah. it's funny you say that because I, I hate 
I actually kind of agree with you on both your statements that I, you're getting, you're probably getting the better quarterback, and you're almost certainly getting the better coach. Plus four and a half points. The only reason I, I would stick with Green Bay is, first of all, at home, they got the home field advantage, and that matters a lot for Green Bay. And more than that, Seattle on the road historically has, has been one of the worst road teams uh, in the NFL in comparison to how good they are at home. You know, it, it's almost a six-point uh, split to the – actually, it's almost like an eight-point split to the line because Seattle gets almost four points for home field when they're, when they're there. Uh, so I don't love the game. Uh, but gun to my head, I'm picking. I'm picking Green Bay minus the points. Yeah, I think this is. I honestly think this is going to be a low-scoring game, and it's just. I think it's going to be an ugly game, just like the Eagles, you know, Seahawks game was last week. Yeah, it's going to be freezing. It looks like snow. I mean, you'd have a better read on the weather than us, but they're projecting looks like yeah, snow. Yeah, and that, and the worse the weather is, I think that it makes you lean think, Green Bay even I, more. I would say that, and usually that would help Green Bay, but uh, uh, Rodgers hasn't been as mobile as he used to be, so it actually might, if the weather's bad, it actually might benefit Seattle. So, you know, if the weather gets really bad, I might change my pick to Seattle, but if it's clear, if it's, you know, mildly mono just throwing down the field, Green Bay's got the better defense. Rodgers just, he he does his best work when when he's the underdog. I know he's not the underdog to the spread, but nobody's been talking about Rodgers this year. In fact, they've been talking about his decline. I think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. I could just see this as one of those uh, motherfuckers you think I'm done type games. You know what I mean? I'm just going to try to stick it to everybody. Yeah, that's that's the only thing I'm scared of. Obviously, you know, picking against Rodgers at home in the playoffs probably doesn't work out that well most of the time. But uh, yeah. it's the same fear you had picking against uh, New England. It's yeah. everything, my eyeballs, the stats, everything tells me you should be betting uh, Tennessee, but but it's New England at home in the playoffs. Yeah. Same thing uh, with Rodgers at home in the playoffs. It's, just, it's hard to wrap your head around as a, somebody who's been watching the NFL as long as we have. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, so we, we have your picks here. You like the Minnesota. under in the first game, Minnesota. And you like Minnesota yep. if you get the seven and a half. Yeah, and I would need, and I would like it. Like under my plus seven, I would still pick Minnesota, but I really like it, and I would definitely put real money down. It's a, it's a good hook. Okay, and then you like Tennessee plus nine and a half, KC minus nine and a half, and Green Bay minus four and a half. Yes, sir. All right, so you disagree with Austin on one, you disagree with me on two. So if uh, you know, maybe we'll make a we'll make a little friendly wager. After we, uh, we hey, finish up, there you go. But, um, I always bet, uh, I usually bet alcohol. What's your drink of choice? <laughs> uh, Bloody Mary's actually. No one, not. <laughs> no one drinks those. I'll bet you, I'll bet you, a, I'll bet you a Bloody Mary there. Uh, <laughs> there, Matt, so. there you go. Uh, it's a little Sunday, Sunday <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, an old, I'm an old, I'm an old fashioned guy, so that's, that's one of my drinks. So. Oh, there you go. All right. It's, uh, I'm a big Tito's and soda guy. Yeah, a little there you go. That's, that's my dad. My dad's Tito Vitonic. He's done that for 30 years. There you go. <laughs> so he's, he's way ahead of the curve then because I think this uh, – I didn't start drinking those until a couple years ago, and he's been doing it for 30 years. That's uh, – he's ahead of his time, I'd say. There you go. There you go. But uh, all right. So, yeah, Mike, it's been – Michael, it's been good having you on. Um, always good, knowledgeable, obviously, and uh, – We'll, uh, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm glad we agree on Clemson. It makes me feel better about, you know, what, what I've been thinking about the game. And 
Uh, we wish you, obviously, we wish you the best of luck with Chicago plus the points. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's 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 good stuff. I like you guys have a good mix of uh, sports and you know a little culture stuff. Uh, you know, me and Austin kind of threw in a little. We, I don't know if you watched The Witcher, the uh, the Netflix show. No, it's it's uh, worth the watch. It's uh it's it's an interesting show. We we had to talk about it a little bit. We both just finished watching it. It's uh it's pretty interesting if you're into the, the fantasy genre type of type of show game of thrones a little bit but uh yeah it's, it's funny i don't like the genre usually but uh i love game of thrones and you know sometimes there's shows that transcend the genre so if the witcher is one of those i've totally got to give it a shot yeah um like i said been good to, good to talk to you and uh we'll uh we'll speak soon thanks for thanks for coming on uh national championship obviously michael vale he is the college football you know we'll call him expert guru uh he puts in he puts in all the time a lot more time than we do when uh when we get down to it so thanks for coming on michael thanks mike no i really really appreciate you guys having me and uh, uh maybe maybe a closer nfl will have to have you guys on our, on our part we'll uh, return the favor oh yeah we, we, <laughs> we would love to uh to bs a, a little bit with you guys so just let us know and we'll be there <laughs> All right, so that was Michael Vale, uh, college football. Obviously, I mean, you can hear it. He he knows what he's talking about. He puts in the research, and uh, he knows a lot more than we do. I'll tell you that. Yeah, we're uh, casual fans, like we've said a couple times. But you know, everyone obviously watches the national championship game on Monday night. That's why they do it. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. I mean, five and a half to me, like like he was saying, it's yeah, it's a bit I'm, much. I, it's a bit much. That's I'm not sure where they come up with that. Uh, I tend to agree with him, and, and that's the only real explanation is that it's uh, an overreaction to what LSU and Joe Burrow did in the first yeah, half. Yeah, it's the squares just pushing that line up, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, again, thanks for uh, tuning in. That was Michael Vale, college football guru from uh, Link Sports. You can find him on his podcast, Chicago Plus the Points. And uh, if you visit the Link Sports website, linksports.com, L-Y-N-Q sports.com, you can find him on the blogger page as well. And uh, make sure to check that out. Everything's free, opinion pieces and all that. So check that out. Check us out on Twitter, at Square the Sharp, uh, Podbeans and iTunes for Podbean and iTunes for downloading the podcast podcast uh i think this is our 23rd episode or something like that so we're moving right along we're we're uh pumping them out full speed ahead right now so uh look out for us on itunes and podbean and twitter we're gonna start Uh, getting to some nba now now that everything's slowing down with football yeah uh now that after this weekend there's only going to be two games so we're gonna have to find some (laughs) other stuff to talk about i'm sure i'm sure we'll have plenty i know i've been following the basketball season a little bit starting to get into it and excited all right yeah So we'll talk about that, and uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you uh, next week, and here's Here's to squaring up the sharp.